You are listening to a new episode of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's Ryan, and this week I'm joined by Matthew Ryan of Envy Born Games. Hey, thanks for being here with me today. I'm so excited to have you on to tell everybody about yourself and Envy Born Games. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a, an absolute pleasure to be here for sure. Uh, basically, I'm Matthew Ryan and I uh, have a indie publishing company called Envy Born Games. Um, and we make board games. Right now we have a game on Kickstarter called Mind Your Business. And we've made a few games before that. And uh, yeah, I'm just here to talk about board games and my love and passion for it. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, you know, here on the Game Deflators podcast, we always like to talk about games we've recently picked up and games we're currently playing. So uh, what have you been picking up or playing recently? Right. So I guess most recently I've picked up two games that, again, they're on Kickstarter. I like to support other indie small publishers. Uh, the one's called Lunar Rush by Dead Alive Games. Really great publisher. I've met him at a bunch of conventions. He's a great guy. But it's a it's a one to four player Euro style game where you're in space and you're mining different resources and sending them back to Earth. And uh, it's it was really fun. It plays one to four, like I said. So there is a solo mode. And then the other one is a game called Fortify by the guys at uh, Barreled Age Games. And their first game was called Moonshine Empire. And this is a new uh, two-player game they're doing where you're building forts and throwing water balloons back and forth at each other. But you're there's kind of like a speed element to it where you're trying to place pieces before your opponent because you get bonus dice rolls and stuff like that. So those are two games I've picked up but won't have for a while. And then uh, one that I played recently that I really enjoyed was Flamecraft, which is starting to fulfill to all of its backers, which had an amazing campaign. Um, as some might know, but it's basically a worker placement resource management style game where you play as dragons and uh, each turn scales and you get stronger and stronger every turn, it seems like. But uh, I only got to play it once, but I did enjoy it and I'd like to play it you know, again and give it a few more tries. But initial take on it was fun game and it's also adorable. So I think people really like that as well. Yeah, awesome. Well, I, uh, you know... I've been out of the board game scene for a little bit. I haven't really been going out and hanging with people, so I haven't had that much time to go out, but I would like to get into more board games. I just found this place recently that is like a, it's got like a bar and a whole bunch of games that you can just get. And then they got like a little shop store front up front. So I've been going there and playing some magic with some friends, just doing some like casual drafting, but um, they've got so many games there and I'd love to get into more, but I always feel like you need somebody who's like played the game and knows what it's about because it's hard to just dive right into a set of rules and just get at it for me. Yeah, uh, that's definitely a factor for sure. Um, there are a lot of games out there and there's a lot of good games out there, but um, I had a, a game group. There was five of us in it and we would probably play two to three new games every week um for like a year and a half and i feel still feel like i haven't played anything because people are like have you played this game like no <laughs> i haven't but i've literally been playing games nonstop for a year and a half but i'm lucky and uh the couple that host it 
they typically learn the rules and we'll have it ready for us when we get there set up because setup takes a long time sometimes but um i've joined a few other game groups and stuff like that as well and typically what happens is a few people will bring games and if you bring a game you should know how to play it obviously so you can teach everyone the rules and then amongst all of you you can kind of decide what games you want to play but you know, sometimes, yeah, you gotta, you gotta learn the rules ahead of time. Or, uh, I, I typically will watch like how to play videos on YouTube a lot. Cause it's yeah. easier for me to learn that way visually, mm-hmm. uh, with the rule book with me as well. Um, but yeah, if you find a group where everyone's willing to kind of learn some games, it kind of works out versus one person taking the majority of the, the workload of learning everything. Yeah. And I suppose it's like any skill set. like with video games, sometimes you take for granted like if you hand a controller to somebody who's never played a first person shooter and expect them to just understand dual analog control it it takes them a a little bit so i'm sure that with board games the more you play you pick up things that it's like oh i've seen these mechanics elsewhere that makes it maybe easier to jump in yeah definitely um you get more familiar with different um mechanisms in the game like you said like if it's a resource management or worker placement or whatever it is so you're more familiar with that so when you come across that in a rule book or something you're learning you understand what that is versus the first time but there's definitely some games that are good for people to start off with if they're getting into the hobby that have like lower weight to them is what it's called um so it's easier to kind of learn and pick it up and then as you get more comfortable you can kind of progress into like higher level games so for instance, I would never recommend like a new gamer to pick up Mage Knight because it has like a gigantic manual that literally there's like four hour long YouTube tutorials on how to like learn this game. It's like uh, D&D so that'd probably, Yeah, that probably turns somebody off if that was like their first uh, game that they played. You know, I'd probably be like, hey, try Ticket to Ride and then other lighter games like that so they can get comfortable and progress from there. Yeah, a couple of years ago, John bought Gloomhaven and we opened it up and looked at it. And I don't think he's opened it since. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Gloomhaven, that's definitely a bigger one for sure. They came out with, um, uh, what was it? It's called uh, Something of the Lion. I I can't even remember, but it was like mini Gloomhaven where it's a book. It has less setup. Jaws of the Lion. Sorry, I was brain fart in there for a minute. But um, that was a lot more like easier for people to pick up and learn it doesn't have much setup as many pieces and stuff like that but it still gives you that that game feeling so um that released i think two years ago and it did really well yeah well so for me lately i haven't really picked anything new up i'm uh notorious for being the one who doesn't pick up stuff and doesn't play (laughs) games as much uh john's the big collector out of the two of us um I'm supposed to be practicing Street Fighter 4 so that I can get ready for Street Fighter 6 to come out. I've got my eye on Persona 5 Royal is coming out for Game Pass on the 20th. So I'm hoping I can get me and my wife into that. Um, What did I play? Oh, I did start playing Animal Crossing. Have you ever played Animal Crossing? I have played Animal Crossing. Uh, I got a Switch and it came with it. So I was like, let me pop this in and try it out. I had a a few friends who play it. So like I visited their island or whatever, you know, but I was into it for a while. And then ultimately, though, I was just kind of like, uh, this is kind of just a grind fest, really. Yeah. So, yeah. I kind of got over it. But I, I will say I absolutely love Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Like, probably everyone else. I mean, my only complaint and I, you know, I don't necessarily hate it or 
love it and just kind of indifferent towards it was like the weapons breaking all the time, which I think everyone kind of feels the same way about. But yeah, I'm really excited for the new one that's coming out, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing games since, you know, Nintendo. So I love the Zelda series. And I, if I had to pick a game series, that's my absolute favorite. I'd probably say Metal Gear Solid. Hands down. There you I just go. had the PlayStation growing up and I loved it so much. I love everything about Metal Gear Solid. You know, I really have an affinity for that game, but I've never played more than like two hours of the first one. And that's oh, about no. it. I've watched a bunch of content on it and I love Kojima and his style and uh, the lore of those games is really interesting. I just haven't delved into it myself. I'm hoping that we're going to get some like sweet HD remakes or something. Yeah, I will say um, I kind of played them way out of order, too, because they're all kind of funky how they were released and their timeline of when they happen. Yeah, but uh, I remember when uh, Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty came out. I had the the demo, you know, and I played that. Oh demo yeah, like fifty <laughs> times, like everybody, to completion. Yeah. And when that game came out, I got it, and I remember I sat down for legitimately like a full like twenty four hours and just played it all the way through till I beat it. Like I was a young kid, I had no responsibilities, and I was just like, I was obsessed. I was so obsessed with that game. <laughs> were you upset by the twist? No, no, you know, okay, that's, that's Metal Gear, you know. Well, that's that's the th I, that's where I thought you were going because like everybody played the demo and then it's like you're riding the whole game and everybody's like, yeah, why? It was it was strange, but I was like, I just accepted it, you know. I was like, all right, this is who I am. See, that's <laughs> one of those things I'm gonna miss out on. Like, I'm gonna miss out on that experience of like having that oh kind of thing. Yeah, but well, there was the there from the um, from the first one. And I think it's safe to say this because it's like 30 years later. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or 25. But when you're playing, what's the, the one ball? Psycho Mantis or something yeah. like that? And you had to actually change the controller port from the first player to the second player. So he couldn't read what you were doing. Yeah. That was like mind blowing at the time. I was just like, yeah. what is happening here? Like that was some <laughs> next level stuff for sure. Man, they need to figure out some way to get that into like a board game. Like you draw a card and it's like, I see you have Munchkin on your shelf. <laughs> I did play a game where they broke the fourth wall like that. It was called a, the King's dilemma. It's like a legacy style game. And I, again, we played in our group of five. I think it took us like 15 rounds to complete it like gameplays. Um, but you basically are these different factions and houses in a kingdom, maybe like, you know, like Game of Thrones style where you're making decisions with the king and voting to do stuff in the kingdom when decisions come up. But there was like, I, I don't remember. And every you can go different paths based off what's decided in the game. Like no one has the same experience. But we got to one point where like, like we broke the fourth wall to the player and it was like, am I just in a game? This nothing's real. Like what's going Like It was like really weird. But I was like, that was the first time I've seen that happen in a game. I don't know if it's happened before. But they actually have a game coming out called The Queen's Dilemma, which I am so excited for because, uh, you know, we really, my group really loved that game. The King's Dilemma. I'm going to write that down in The Queen's Dilemma. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a fun one for sure. All right. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about some other games. Now, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Mind Your Business? Uh, that, you know, the Kickstarter's live. That's what we're here to talk about. Let the people yeah. know. 
Yeah, yeah, thanks. I guess we should get to that at some point, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so my newest game, it's called Mind Your Business. Uh, it's a spatial puzzle game uh, that encourages planning, clever planning ahead and pattern recognition. So often you have to plan a few turns in advance um, because basically what you're trying to do is manipulate the board in front of you by rotating and swapping different cards um, to create long lines of resources. So I guess I should have started with your, your magical gnome in a magical mind collecting resources, right? So this you know has some context that makes sense. But you, you make these long lines of resources by manipulating the board so you can collect them all at once. But depending on what game mode you're in, because um, it, it plays solo, co-op, and competitive, uh, one to four players. Basically, your opponent can mess up what you're doing or sabotage your, you know, there's a little bit of take that in a game. So I've, I've demoed this game probably with 200 different people at this point through all the conventions I've been to. But basically, people either like go for each other's throat and they're just like kind of sabotaging each other the whole time. Or um, they just kind of focus and do their own thing. Sometimes you get a mixture of both, but that's people's normal uh, first reaction to it. Um, but again, it has a solo mode too, where you play against a goblin creature and environment hazards in the mine. And then uh, the co-op mode, you work together to try and defeat a goblin creature as well. Um, but yeah, it uh, like I said, it plays one to four and... It actually comes in two boxes. So when we originally made this game, it was specifically designed for solo and duo uh, gameplay, basically. Um, but when we started demoing it with people, we got a lot of feedback that they'd like to play it at higher player counts because their game group is four people. You know, There's a lot of, like in the board game industry now, there's people that only solo game, there's people that only do group gaming, and then there's like everything in between, right? So we were like, well, that's great feedback. And it makes a lot of sense for us to be able to accommodate higher player accounts. So there's two boxes, each have a different cover when you cover image. And when you put them next to each other, they make one cohesive cover together. Um, but basically one box can play one to two players. If you have both, you can combine them and play up to four players. And again, we did this to keep the cost price low for the solo gamers and duo gamers, which was the game's original intent. But we're happy that we can accommodate those higher player accounts now as well. So um, that's one thing people have thought is pretty cool when, when I have the box in front of them and I slide them together and they're like, oh, wow, that's, yeah, that's nice. Like, yeah. Are, are both boxes the same and they're just alternate art on the covers or do you need like one's the one to two and one's the three to four expansion? Um, so they're both one to two players, but they have different cover images and they have different meeple characters and different goblin characters in them. But other than that, the art and the cards inside are pretty much the same. Some of the icons are different, so you can know how to easily separate the two games if you do combine them. Um, but for the most part, they're the same. And again, we've had people that they only want to back one, and then they have the option, do they want to get the game that has the gnome that's purple and orange, or do they want the game that has the cyan and yellow gnomes in it? So they have that option as well. They're both and, great. Uh, I love the all the art for this. Yeah, so the artist, her name's Gabby. She's super talented, did a great job. Um, and her, her boyfriend, Art, is actually the designer of the game. But um, together we came up with the idea. We announced this recently, but it's called the Nomify Yourself Pledge. And basically, you'll send us a picture and we'll make a gnome art piece of you with your likeness and also your own custom meeple as well that you can play in the game. 
And uh, people have been responding to that really well, actually. Because who doesn't want to play or have themselves as a meeple in a game, you know? I love the uh, Quinn the dog meeple. Yep, yeah, that's that's my <laughs> dog Quinn, the blue healer, you know? I, I try and sneak her into... I, I like putting Easter eggs into my games. Uh, she's in a few of them for sure. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, that's that's a really cool idea. Like, I like the simplicity of what you're getting, but, you know, the real, like, authenticity of it, too. Like, you know, just a little meeple, but it's so personal that you'd never really get that anywhere else. Yeah, we've had people, they're like, you know, obviously you could send like a loved one if it's going to be a gift for someone or like I've had people reach out and they're like, hey, my, you know, my 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 pet passed away. Can you do a pet? And I was like, yeah. And that's kind of why we show the example of Quinn on the page as well. So um, people know that it, it doesn't just have to be, you know, like a human. It could be a pet. We'll do a cat, a hamster, a dog, you know, a pet fish. I, I don't know. Whatever you want, we'll, we'll make it happen. Gabby's very talented. <laughs> Have you gotten any uh, custom goblin requests? Um, no, we haven't. Um, we do have a, a Kickstarter exclusive where it's a goblin disguised as a gnome. Uh, and its name is Gnome, N-O-A-M. <laughs> and it has like a little like fake beard and like hat and stuff. I don't know if he's actually fooling anyone, Gnome, but uh, that's a cool thing that you can actually play that goblin creature instead of one of the normal gnomes in the game. So that's a cool thing. That's going to be exclusive to the Kickstarter that all the backers will get. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so how is the Kickstarter going so far for you guys? Overall, it's really good. Um, I've done quite a few projects. This is my fifth Kickstarter project. And I've done projects that fund on the very last day. And I've done projects that fund literally within an hour. So... Uh, it, it, you know, this one didn't fund on the first day, unfortunately, um, but that's okay. Um, it's a roller coaster running Kickstarters for sure, but we've had like really steady growth every day. I mean, we're ticking away, ticking away, get a few backers every day. And I'm fully confident that we're going to get to our funding goal right now. We're, uh, I think we're at 77% funded and we have 15 days left. So I think we'll get there. Typically, the last three days of a campaign, you see a big jump as well in support. It's normally the first three and last three where you see a lot of support come in. But we've had um, a lot of cool things happening mid-campaign, like content creators releasing how-to-play videos or preview videos of the game. Or um, even today, actually, with the, uh, the Barreled-Aged Games team with their Fortify uh, game, we did a backer raid initiative. So basically, we both did updates encouraging our backers to go to their project back it for even a dollar if just a dollar to show support and leave a comment backer raid mind your business or backer raid fortify on my page and whoever has the most at the end is going to release something special to their backers you know like an extra bonus thing but that's been a really fun thing a lot of people have been participating in it and it's been cool to see the community rally together for that because Ultimately, the thing was, we want to support other indie small publishers. So that's why we're doing it. And getting more backers and comments helps with the algorithm on Kickstarter to feature your game and stuff like that. So we actually did that today. And it's been really cool. I think there's like, I think 20 people came from their campaign to support. I don't know how many of mine went over there, but we're going to keep track and, and tally it all up at the end there. 
Yeah. Well, you know, we're happy to help try to boost that signal and get the word out there. So, you know, everybody listening, go and support, throw them, you know, that dollar, let them know that you're there because you heard it here from the game deflators. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is a really cool game. We got a chance to demo it when we met you at the Game On Expo. And from all the different things that I've seen that you've done before, what is it that brought you to mine your giz? Sorry, mind your business gameplay. Um, so I've done, as I said, I've done like five Kickstarter campaigns. I've also licensed games. I've developed a bunch of games, probably in total, like 15 or something like that, all with different levels of success. Um, some of them were for my own indie publishing company, MB Board Games, and the majority of them were for another publisher I was working with. I've since left working with that publisher. I actually, I'm very proud of all the products that I developed and put out, um, but we just, it wasn't a good fit. So I had to leave, but basically now the idea is focus on my own brand. And prior to this, the games that I designed and self-published were like drinking party games. So my first game ever was called Don't Get Drunk. And uh, that actually went viral recently and sold out in like a month on Amazon. It got like nice. 4 million views on TikTok or something like that. So congrats thank you for anyone who supported that. Uh, and then I did like a beer pong style game. But in between all that time, I've been working on these, for lack of a better word, hobby style games. So that's why Mind Your Business now. I'm trying to transition from the casual drinking games to more hobby style games, but mainly because I just enjoy them a lot more. Also, I don't think I could balance another drinking game. My liver's pretty beat up from that. You know, I need to take a break. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm doing hobby games. And the designer art, who I mentioned earlier, we developed a lot of games together under that other publisher we used to work for. And we worked really well together. So this is actually his design. He's the one who came up with the game, the gameplay and all that. And then collectively... We decided, hey, let's work together under my publishing company. We make good stuff together. We work well together. We have fun together. And then um, me, uh, uh, Art, and his girlfriend, Gabby, we all decided, you know, how we should develop it and the art direction and things like that. And we all play different roles in it, um, the development basically of it. But uh, I'm very happy to be working with him. Um, and we actually have... We actually have like three other games that we want to do together. It's just like, we got to get this one going first, but we have a lot of stuff in the works and uh, we're always demoing and, and playing stuff. We actually, so we went to the World Series of Board Gaming event. It was the first year it ever happened in Las Vegas this year. Uh, it was pretty fun. Uh, I think everyone should attend next year. It was really cool, but it was competitive gaming with cash rewards. Anyways, we had a demo booth showing off Mind Your Business. We also got to show off some of the other games we're working on and people were loving them. People were like, I would buy, I would buy this now. I'm like, well, you got to buy mine your business first and then we can go to this one. So uh, it was good to get that feedback. You know, it's always it's encouraging to hear positive feedback to keep keep the fire going and, and keep you you know motivated to keep doing stuff. Um, because as I said earlier, ro Kickstarters are a roller coaster. You know, it's like full of ups and downs. There's days where like, you know, a couple people cancel their pledge, whether it's, you know, who knows the reason, maybe something happened life-wise, maybe they decided it wasn't a good fit for them, but it's like, it stings a little every time you see that happen, you're like, Ugh. and then you get a backer though, and you're, it's like a, a totally, total new high. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big roller coaster, these Kickstarters. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, um, how was the uh, the World Series of board gaming? That sounds pretty cool. This was the first one? Yeah, so this was the first year they did it. And it was a competitive board gaming event with cash prizes. And basically, there were 16 games that people could enter to play. And then whoever won those games, it was like tournament style. So if you won that game at one table, you would advance to a new table of the same game until there was one table where one one person would be crowned the winner of said game. Like one winner of Ticket to Ride or one winner of... Um, Great Western Trail. There was, you know, there was 16 of it. Then out of those 16 winners for each game, they would all uh, four to a table. There's four more tables where they would compete in games that they didn't win in. And the winner from those tables would go to a final table where there's four people where they would all compete in a game that none of them won in um, to see who would win the, you know, world championship title. So it took, a, it took, I think the convention was four or five days long to get the whole thing done. Sounds So we crazy. had an exhibitor booth demo and mind your business and showing that off. I didn't compete in any of the competitive games. I talked to a lot of people that did. I met people from all over the world too, like Finland, China. I think a guy from China actually ended up winning the whole thing. Um, but the, the whole award ceremony was really cool. They gave out like, like rings if you won an event. And then they even had bracelets like the World Series of Poker. It was literally filmed. Or it was literally in the same venue as the World Series of Poker. Um, wow! Yeah, so it was it was pretty cool. And uh, the the one thing it was there wasn't a huge amount of like general admission there, which I told them is something they should work on for next year. But they had a ton of VIPs and like content creators attend the event, and uh, I got to meet a lot of them, and they all were so nice. So like I got to uh, sit down with Tom Vassell and actually play a game with him um that i won so you know that felt good <laughs> uh and some friends and i i met alex radcliffe professor meg uh danielle s i don't want to mess up her name steven bird i met so many people it was it was a lot of fun and they all were like you know sometimes people think like "Ooh, these content creators like kind of put them on a pedestal or something you know or it's just like oh but everyone's just really down to earth and just like, hey, you want to play a game? And you're like, yeah, let's do that. You know, it was like totally <laughs> a really chill, fun event. And uh, the the people running it were super nice, too, like so nice. And they actually told me they're like, oh, we already locked in the next three years in this venue. So it's going to keep happening. Um, and I hope more people attend it next year. It was it was a blast. And it's it's also in Las Vegas where I live. So I'm all about having more board game conventions where I live. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, when is it? Um, I think it's. Uh, well, it was. Like I mean, two, I don't know the exact like date. Like, ago. oh, it was um, just recently. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a week ago or something. But the new dates are already out, and okay. it is. Let me look it up real quick. September twenty fourth to the twenty eighth for twenty twenty three. So basically, you know, it's a year away. Um, but yeah, they're going to do the whole thing again and they have the games listed that they're going to compete in. Uh, they took out four from this year and added four new ones. And, uh, oh, that's cool to keep it fresh. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm excited. I might even try and compete next year. I actually was joking. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to sponsor, uh, players that are competing and get them like those dry fit, uh, E, E tournament. What? No, what is it? Uh, <laughs> Like, like with my logo on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Envy Born Games. Yeah. Branded. Yeah, sponsored by Envy Born Games, you know? Get them like out there with MMA some sweatbands on. Or something. 
Nice, nice. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. I'd love yeah, to go to something like that. That'd be really cool to attend. It was fun. It was fun, honestly. And they, they, I think, you know, I'm not, I don't work for them or anything. I'm like plugging them kind of hard here, it seems like. But uh, they had like, I think their main package was like $900 and you get four or five nights at the casino. So, you know, that that in itself has value, right? Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good deal. It gives you an entry ticket into four events to compete. I think you can compete in four max events. And if you did it normally, just to enter one event, I think is 250. So it's kind of like a huge way to save money. And then you get guest passes too, to give to like friends or a spouse or somebody that you want to bring as well. So um, I think that would be, you know, if, if someone wants to attend and, and actually compete, that's like the best value there is for it. Man, I'll attend and sell my compete <laughs> tickets because I would lose. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what other kind of conventions or, or stuff do you have coming up in your future here? Um, so something I learned this year is I love going to conventions. Uh, one of my marketing things for Mind Your Business was to attend as many conventions as I could and meet people and have genuine connections. I mean, that's how I met you guys, right? Um, but my next convention is going to be BGG con, which is in Dallas in November. And I'm really excited for that. And then I might be going to PAX unplugged as well. I applied for this like indie publisher competition where like they might pick you and your game and give you a free booth and tickets and Ooh. stuff. So I'm hoping I get picked Fingers for crossed. That. Yeah, that would be really awesome. Um, but those are the two that I might go to. Well, I'm definitely going to BGG con, maybe PAX unplugged, but that's for this year. And then I haven't even looked in, into next year yet. I know I'll go to Dice Tower West, which is in March in Vegas. Again, it's it's where I live. So obviously I'm going to that. But I want to try and go to as many conventions as I can because it's just, A, I have so much fun at them. B, it's good for networking and like showing off my games and meeting content creators and just people in the community. And uh, I already said this, but I just love them. They're just so fun. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I can, yeah. I can, I don't have to feel bad about it because I'm like, I'm working, I'm working, <laughs> I'm promoting my brand, you know, like I'm building a, a following, you know. Yeah, it's it's great. We've uh, we really enjoyed going to the Game on Expo, and we hope to see you there next year too. Oh, I'll be there next year, 100. It's a short drive for me, so I'm going. Yeah, I know. I've got I've got family up in Vegas, so I that's a that's a nice easy drive for a weekend getaway. Yeah. So um, before we let you go, why don't you let us know, other than Mind Your Business, what's a game, video, or tabletop that you would recommend? Hmm, game or video, or tabletop or video game. <laughs> There's so many good ones. Um, I guess tabletop, I can, I'll just name some of my favorites. You know, I love Dwellings of Eldervale is a great game. I love Western Legends. It's like an open world sandbox style game. So you can basically do whatever you want. You could be a like a thief and rob banks and attack people. Or you could be a gold miner and like go gold mining. You can just do whatever you want. You could go rob people, like whatever. The sheriff can arrest you. That's a fun one. Um, I'm a big fan of Quacks of Quinlinburg as well. And that's a low... Low weight, low complexity, kind of push your luck game that I think anyone can have fun with. Um, and then video games, I mean, <laughs> I can't, I'm going to plug a game that's 20 years old. I like 
pretty much play Age of Empires 2 and okay. RTS on the PC, you know, every other night. I know the game's like 20 years old, but I think it's the best RTS of all time. It is still around 20 years later, still having expansion and updates made for it. There's no other RTS that's 20 years old that's still happening too. And I debate people about this all the time and they try and say StarCraft is the best one. And I'm like, I just tell them it's not. It's just not. StarCraft has three civilizations. Age of Empires has, I think, 45 or something crazy like that. And it's all balanced. It's just, it stood the test of time. And then, you know, other than that, I, you know, obviously Metal Gear games and uh, the new Zelda game when that comes out. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on so much. Why don't you let everybody know again where they can find you, where they can follow you, how they can support you? Yeah, so if you go to Kickstarter and you search Mind Your Business, you'll see my game. Would love to have your support on it. We're getting closer and closer to that funding goal every day. It would be really great to hit it uh, and take some stress off of me. So that'd be great. But uh, even if you just pledge a dollar, like we were talking about earlier, that is a huge help because it helps with the algorithm. It helps with the, the backer count and things like that. But if you are a board gamer, this is a great game. There is a tabletop simulator version, so you can actually test it before you play it. There's a bunch of videos on how to play it, so you can watch people show you how to play it to see if you're interested first. Um, but that's the best way to support mine your business right now. And then if you want to follow me on any social medias, I've been having a lot of fun on TikTok lately. Uh, my handle's MVBornGames. That's also my handle on Instagram as well. And uh, I'm like an older dude uh, on TikTok trying to be hip. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. I've actually met a lot of people through it. And uh, it's just I just get silly on there. So if anyone wants to do that, come on over there as well. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much. And as always, you can follow us at The Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook at Game Deflators on Twitter because they don't like the. Leave us a five-star comment, six stars if you can manage, and uh, we'll see you again next time. Six stars. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one. See y'all.